What's that billowing down the stairs? <gasps> it's smoke! It smells like the art teacher's office. Smoke in the water! I testify against you. Marge, it's making my eyes better. And it's legal. I could walk up to the president and blow smoke in his stupid monkey face. And he'd just have to sit there grooving on it. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we're here to review episode DABF11, the one where Homer smokes dope. Was somewhat controversial at the time, kinda. It's called Weekend at Burnsies. I'm Dando. I'm Guy, man. How you doing, Dando? I knew it. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> no, no, no. One, one, one. This is why we should never record on Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> or any day with a D in it, man. No, no. Yeah. I am 100% sober. Well, look, I'm a little hopped up on pharmaceuticals because I have got a tiny bit of a uh, cold slash man flu. If I'm a little husky, no, I have not been smoking the Mary Jane or taking hits from the bong. It's just, um, it's just good old-fashioned phlegm. Do you use a wizard or a skull? Damn it. I was, look, that wasn't one of my questions, but it was going to be a talking <laughs> point a little bit later on, whether you would choose... The wizard or the skull. If you're a wizard or a skull person, I think it says a lot about a human being. Well, we'll get we'll get to that a little bit later on. Something we'll also get <laughs> to a little bit later on as well. I'm not sure whether you've got it there ready to go, but I haven't got it ready to go. I'm going to have to go grab it in a few moments or a little bit later in the show. But our friends all the way in Canada sent us some goodies, didn't they, Mr. Davis? And oh, we have got them here Canada. with us. Canada. Yes, we're going to try them out on the show. We're going to try them out on the show this week, and we're going to give our thoughts. But we're going to do that at the very end because we're not going to spoil the podcast with candy oh, really? in their mouths and. Various other treats. We're going to save that for the end. So if you want to stick around for that, do so. But if you don't want to hear us with stuff in our mouths, just don't listen to that part at the end. <laughs> Should I alert the listeners to the fact that I already broke into the Mr. Mabel cookies? Oh, did you really? Were they good? They were cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist. Um, they were very nice. They were all right, very cool. Tasty. A little tease for a little bit later on. We're going to give, give our thoughts on Canadian treats that were sent all the way by our friends, our Four Fingers Get patrons. We will name you at the end, I believe. It was Mr. Pat Wright who was the instigator of it all, and there were several other patrons who contributed. So thank you so much for doing yeah. that. And we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But weekend at Burnsies, Mr. Davis. So I mentioned that it was somewhat controversial. So it's still considered not taboo in the UK, but various parts are edited out on TV in the UK. Apparently, really? I remember when it fir- yeah, I remember when it first aired in Australia. I mentioned this at the end of last week's podcast that it was advertised and marketed like it was a big deal, adults only. The only other time this had happened was the episode Natural Born Kisses where Marge and Homer start going around and shagging in various places around Springfield. Oh, okay. And they end Dogging. up in a hot air balloon. Yes. Mm. So that's the only other episode in Australia that was marketed as M. International listeners, M is M15+, plus, so over the age of 15. I think mm. it's in America that would be considered TV 14. 
I so, think so. M for yeah. mature audiences. Yes, mature audiences. Uh, 15 years and over. So, th- this was marketed as that. And I, it just excited me so much as a little kid thinking, oh my God, Adults Only Simpsons aired at 9.30 p.m. And I just remember, I know you, uh, before I get to that, you had something really excited to say. What, what are you going to say? I can see the look no, no. I just uh, remember <laughs> growing up and uh, you felt really mature when you were watching something rated M or in the before times, they used to call it AO. Adults Ooh, only. Really? Okay, but yeah. just for M15 Plus, really? It wasn't uh, 15 Plus. They usually modified for TV, the movies or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it was for grown-ups, it was adults only. <laughs> and- I, remember being, I remember being a little kid and when I was watching something with mum, right, mum's in the chair next to me or whatever, and it would come up, the following preview, uh, following film was rated M for course language or whatever, I sort of go... Uh, uh, did she notice? Did she notice? It's like that that five seconds of she's either going to he- go for the remote and turn this off or I'm going to be free and easy, like clear and easy. And most of the time, my mum was pretty cool when it came to things like that. If it was nudity, like my mum, she was fine. Like my mum was cool in regards to, you know, when I was like 10, if a movie had boobs in it, she was like, whatever. Sex scene, she was a little bit funny about, but boobs, language, she's just like, who cares? <laughs> the most fun one was adult themes because yes. you didn't know exactly what you were going to get and usually it was, su- it was some form of like moral sophistication or something like that it was like oh, that person's behaving badly don't yeah. know how i feel about it well this episode here was rated in australia m for drug references and adult themes and mary jane rated m for mary jane <laughs> so i i just remember being so excited for this one because it was for adults, it was it was positioned as adults only. So I was just so excited, thinking I was going to get this raunchy Simpsons episode that I should not be allowed to watch. And because it aired at nine thirty, I'd already gone to bed. I like went to bed about uh, eight thirty nine. Turned my TV back on really quietly. Didn't know, didn't want mum to know that I was watching it. And I just remember at the end of it being disappointed because I had high expectations of it. Mm. So that's that. My memory of this episode was the one where I thought it was going to be really cool, and then it wasn't. But going back and watching this for the review. I really enjoyed the episode. I like this one a lot, but let me ask you something, Dan, just quickly. Yes. How old were you when this uh, when this episode so, aired or when you first saw it? 2002, I would have been, so it would have been 13. Okay, did you have much of an inkling about, you know, about dope, about uh, about marijuana? I knew marijuana, like you, you told in school, don't do drugs. My, yeah. Pretty much when I would have been in year seven when this aired, so it's a case of, you know, you, people talk about drugs at school. None of my friends had actually done drugs. I like to, sometimes they, you get the, the cool kids who lied and say they'd done drugs. They hadn't done yeah. drugs. No. It's kind of like, you know, they say, oh, I, you know, I did this sexual thing. It's like, no, you didn't. You're full of shit. But <laughs> and so when I was 13, I knew of drugs. I didn't know much about them. So I think a lot of the jokes in this episode went over my head when I was 13. I was expecting more. I think for some reason I was expecting swearing. I was expecting adults-only Simpsons, and I just didn't get that. It was actually quite a sophisticated episode, if anything. I don't think uh, anyone would have to be too worried about uh, kids singing at their local pot dealer after this episode, because if anything, it doesn't really paint it in that positive a light. I mean, it makes it look kind of enjoyable, but it also makes Homer even more sort of clownish than usual. Yeah, well, one of the things that they wanted to do was not take a particular side. They wanted to show positives and negatives of drug use. And that, mm-hmm. so the negative of it in here is the effect it has on his family life. Mm-hmm. So that's the negative. And the positives are, you know, he's, he's enjoying life much, much more. Um, he's more yeah. free and easy. He's getting, he gets a promotion at work, but that's not really... It is a direct 
result of taking drugs with his laughing at birds' joke. Don't think you're going to get promoted at work, listeners, just because you're taking drugs. That's basically what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but they, they, they do have positives and negatives, and they never actually took a side because they didn't want to position themselves. Because I would assume a lot of people who work on The Simpsons probably have spent a bit of pot in their time, but they I'm- can't. They can't go pro pot on The Simpsons. <laughs> At the end of the day, it still is a kid show. Yeah. I don't think they can. I don't think they did. In all no. honesty, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's a very even-handed episode in that regard. Yeah, Fox were really worried that it was going to be controversial. They interesting tidbit, and I didn't even realize this. You don't actually see Homer smoking weed at all in the episode. Oh, that was one of the compromises. You just see him holding various joints. And- yeah, he never actually. You see the effects of him after having taken smoking it, but you never actually see him puffing. You, you see the after. You don't see the the creamy centers, so to yes, speak. Yes, but they directed it and wrote it so well that you don't actually realize this. It's never you never actually it never enters your mind. I thought that was really actually well done because that was one of the, the uh, compromises they had to make that you never actually show Homer smoking the marijuana. But they were so worried it was going to be controversial. There's two things here. A, no one gave a shit. Like, it didn't matter. In 2002, drug use wasn't a big deal anymore, man. No one cared anymore. It wasn't It wasn't like a taboo thing. I mean, it's still considered taboo to, to some people, but it wasn't like a controversial thing on to be showing it on TV. No. Man, if this had aired in 1992, it would have been a big deal. 2002, no one gives a shit. You had family going on South Park by this point. It doesn't matter anymore. But the other thing was that this actually ranked 46th um, overall for the week in regards to shows airing, like the uh, audience viewership. So it just goes to show that it not only did it not create a controversy, but no it one even gave a shit to watch it. It didn't draw people in the way they no, thought it wasn't. No, it wasn't a... And I think when if you've worked on The Simpsons, they'll probably deny this, but I guarantee mm. you a slight reason for them wanting to do this story because they would have thought, oh, this is going to get the people in. This is going to get the kids in. You know, Homer yeah. taking drugs. Yeah, that's going to get the young viewers in. I absolutely see where you're going with that. And yeah, it's interesting that it didn't rate as well as uh, as they would expect because... no. It really is a. It's a fun episode. It's one of the. It's one of the ones I've enjoyed the most out of season thirteen so far. Yeah, definitely. It feels like it's written for adult viewers, doesn't it? But it's not too adult that kids can't watch it. If that makes sense. Yeah, there's a lot of great uh, gags on multiple levels that are ones that are pretty smart and ones that are just good and goofy. Yeah, I, I got an absolute blast out of this episode, and not just because of the, uh, yes, the drug-related themes. I just thought it was uh, a well, uh, a well put together episode. It kind of falls off a little bit in the very That's, last bit, yeah. But uh, otherwise, I was really happy with. It. I got a lot of enjoyment out of it. Yeah, we've got here that the ending for me felt a little bit cheap. I mean, it makes sense with the with the with the title of the episode, but they would have thought of the title after they wrote the story, of course, yeah. after John Vitti wrote it. But what comes before that? sort of last two or three minutes makes up for the kind of cheap ending. I remember as a kid too watching that and why the ending really annoyed me and the episode as a whole left a bad taste in my mouth, not just because I was expecting an adult-only episode, but they had me convinced as a 13-year-old viewer that Mr. Burns had died. Oh, okay. I thought, oh, wow, so they've actually gone there. So they've actually, it's adults-only because Mr. Burns is dead. Holy shit, that's, that's huge. That's massive news. And then by the end, for them to just go with a cheap route of, Oh yes, when you were using my dead body as a puppet, it kickstarted my heart again, and now I'm fine. I just went, really fucking hell, yeah. Simpsons. You've just come on. <laughs> I, re- I just remember that annoying me a lot when I was a kid watching this for the first time. Look, that didn't bum me out too much. No, it did bum me out now, but it bummed me. I remember it bummed me out at the time because I was convinced 
that because you're going to go into the mindset of someone who's watching this as a brand new episode, not knowing that Burns is still existing in season 32. I thought they'd killed off Mr. Burns and I was just, they'd got me. I was like, whoa, that's cool. You know, that's, that's a big deal. If it, if it was 2022, I would have been tweeting about it. You know, it was it was a big moment. And then for them, for this five minutes later, have him go, oh no, you kickstarted my heart again. I went, oh, of course you did. And now it's time for some slapping. Yeah, don't know. Yeah. Don't that know it, about that. It just, it just felt like they, they were writing a good story. They got to the last two minutes and just went, can we go home now? Oh, we haven't got we haven't got another thirty seconds. Quick, just write something and throw it in there. Well, let's not dwell on those two dissatisfying moments. Let's enjoy the twenty minutes beforehand that we uh, got a lot of laughs and enjoyment from. Yeah, the crows. I really enjoyed this. This was almost if they had if Homer had them. You know how they they do his bidding for him. Mm. This could easily be a trias of horror segment where he goes out and they go out and kill people for him. Oh, yeah, I never thought of that way, but that is good. And then eventually they go out. And kill somebody, and then and they frame Homer as it for for doing Ooh, it. Get writing that one, Dan. Good spec script idea there, mate. Yeah, I, I I just think that yeah, the the crows as his minions doing his bidding in regards to killing the people that he doesn't like in Springfield. I think that'd be a really funny Trias of Horror segment. I enjoyed their relationship very much. Yeah, I love the. <laughs> We've got to lay some ground rules, and they go. Ah, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just thought the crow segment was really really fun. It had nothing to do with the rest of the episode. It's just a way to get Homer to get his eyes pecked. Mm. So to, to start up him taking drugs. But as a first act, I thought this was really, really solid. I had a lot of I, fun. I thought it was imaginative, yeah. The way that Marge gets to start growing her own vegetables, oh, that's a mm. little bit of a stretch. Although it did mm. have a great gag, the whole um, genetically modified vegetables and all that. I, there was one great gag that we'll talk about in a minute. Once you get past that, once you get to the crows... A very good, uh, very good first act. You're correct. Yeah, very enjoyable. Uh, crows are interesting. They're incredibly smart, but they're also incredibly just spooky. So I uh, will never forget the day I knocked off work, and you've worked at my work pop culture. I was at the front, and I parked out in the street at the front that day. And there's a row of trees, just the, the cars parked under the trees, essentially. Yeah. And on, on the nature strip there, and I walked out, and there's this little sparrow under my driver's side door. I was like, oh, that's a cute little guy. What are you doing, buddy? And I sort of waited, and I was like, ah. Oh, I'll wait for you to get out of the way. I don't want to like open the door and bonk you or anything. He was like under the door. I was waiting for him to walk out. And he sort of typically like hopped out. Then out of nowhere, this crow just swoops in, grabs the little sparrow, and he just goes like, ah! like squeals out. I'll never forget the sound that this sparrow made. And he flew up on top of the, like the little veranda up there and yeah. just tore it to pieces. Oh, my God. I've never looked at crows the same way after that, man. Like I will never forget the sound that that poor little bird made. I was, I, it, it, it scarred me, man. <laughs> I've, never, I've never heard that story before, Dando. That's a, oh, you've given me the willies. Whenever crows near me now, I go, don't you even think about, about it. it. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I, I, but I think I'm more scared of magpies. Magpies intimidate me more. Magpies are so, you don't know. One minute they're your friend, the next minute they're trying to peck your eyes out. That is true, but I think if you make friends with magpies and crows, if you throw them, you know, a little scrap every once in a while, they've got good memories. I think they're a lot smarter than they're given credit for. Actually, no, I think they actually are given credit for being quite smart, both magpies yeah. and crows. So stay on the good side of them. Yeah, my name Marlene, one of her things was she always had, we call them her pet Maggies. So mm -hmm. she, my, my name was just an animal lover through and through, and she'd have the entire neighborhood magpies, crows, doves, pigeons always coming to her front door to the point where she used to get mince meat, my nan Marlene, 
one year since she passed. Can you believe it? God bless you, Nan. So she used to get mincemeat from the from the butcher for the birds. She she'd buy a kilo of mincemeat like twice a week just for the birds, right? <laughs> and the the magpies would come to her front door, and there'd be four or five magpies sitting on a gate and sitting on the on the front porch. And she'd open up the front door. They'd come in the front door, and she'd hand feed all these magpies mincemeat, and they just sort of hang out in their little hallway, and then just go out again. They come and visit her every day. <laughs> My friend Justine used to do that as well. She would um, keep a little mincemeat from whatever she was cooking or some scrap from what she was cooking and put it out on a plate on the uh, on the veranda for for the magpies. And she got to recognise the ones that would come and take a little peck and take off with it. It was an interesting spectacle. Yeah. I was never that, <laughs> never that fond of magpies or crows. Yes, you're right. I mean, it's like, are you going to peck my eyes out? I think I remember Damien Omen 2. Have you seen ever seen Damien Omen 2? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the poor old woman who uh, meets a, a bad fate thanks to some crows and a, and a truck. Ooh, nasty scene. So I was always a bit sort of wary of them. But the more time I spent with uh, with Justine and the more time with her, her feathered friends, I was like, this is a nice relationship you've got going here. Hey, my favourite. What was your favourite moment from Weekend at Burnsies? I've got a few here, Dando, if you don't mind me uh, going down the bit of the list. Take it away. It's, it's a sign of a good episode when Guy Davis has got a few favourite moments. <laughs> I think I've got about four here. One's very early on in the episode. I'm just, I'm very partial to this kind of verbal joke when Marge says, oh, Homer says, yeah, this corn looks normal. That's baby corn. What? <laughs> Anything with a, an exaggerated what is is. Uh, what? is is okay by me. What else have we got? When Homer is um, in the in the emergency room being treated by Doctor Hibbert, and he's told about a uh, a radical new therapy. Does it go in the butt? That's always the first concern, isn't it? <laughs> it is indeed. But just Homer's very trepidatious. For does it go in the butt? It's a delivery of. I know if I have to, I'm going to do this, but I really hope it doesn't. <laughs> yes. Uh, a shout-out to the song Incense and Peppermints. Oh, uh, great. How good is it? It's a fantastic tune, and it just suits this episode right down to the ground. It's great so, song choices throughout the episode, really. There were, weren't there? Uh, and this is a line that I'd always remembered, and I guess it was from this episode because I, I didn't think there were too many episodes that had um, Homer uh, boarding the Pineapple Express. But when he's giving his speech uh, after at the fish concert, whether you suffer from glaucoma or you just rented the Matrix, how do you like that? I did, I did very much. So yeah, they're my favourite uh, parts of this episode, Dan. What did you enjoy? I really enjoyed Homer getting back from work with his new suit, going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! One question at a time." Yes, you. <laughs> <laughs> also, the while we're on the topic of you doing things for us, can you please tie your bathrobe? Never. <laughs> that never was fantastic. I love that. But you're very partial to that kind of uh, of that kind of line delivery. I mean, yeah. when we did uh, Homie the Clown the other day, it's a baggy. Yeah, that's supposed to be baggy, Pats. Baggy. baggy. Now, yes. for lo- listeners who aren't patrons to be going, what do you mean that recent review of Homie the Clown? Well, if you were a patron, you would get access to our recent review, which we did last week, of Homie the Clown. Because what we've been doing is going back and picking out some of the classics. Well, the patrons are picking them out for us, and we uh, get the Davis recap. And it's been, uh, fuck, Homie the Clown, honestly, it's worth the patron subscription just for our review of that, because that was just such a great episode to review. One of the best of all time. So great. We had so much fun uh, recording that episode. So uh, Yes. Yes. Look, we love all our listeners. That's uh, That should be clear and obvious, but... Uh, if you're a patron, you might just get a little bit more love in the form of 
episodes like that one. Yeah, yeah. The more patrons we get, the more content we can bring in your ears each and every day of the week. I also really liked the epi- uh, the moment here where Flanders knocks on the door. Oh my God, this guy does the best Flanders. <laughs> the whole Wigan bit there in that as well is marvellous. And 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 a, and a very nice payoff at the end, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. The way the way he tied it all around to him doing actually doing the Wigan, yeah. And also, I just really liked the montage with the "We Love Like Heaven" by Donovan. Mm. Perfect song choice for that little montage. I just love the shaving, a little rainbows coming out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got. I must say, listeners, um, look as a semi-pro recreational pot smoker, weed doesn't do that. <laughs> Next question. You there, eating the paste. It's now time for trivia. Mr. Davis, I've got plenty of questions here just in case we double up. So I'll let you go first and we'll see what happens. Okay, then. I've got five questions, so um, we'll see see how this plays out. Homer makes a lot of crow friends and introduces to Marge. Name three of them. Gregory Peck. Indeed. Russell Crowe, that was the easy one. Mm -hmm. Crow Diddley. Crow Diddley was one. There was, I, I think I can name them more if you give me a second. Crow Diddley, uh, Cameron Crow, yes. and Hume, Hume, Hume Cronin. Hume Cronin, is that right? yeah. That is yes. correct. I think that, I think there are only five. So, oh, you, only you, got, five. you get an extra point, I reckon. Woohoo, bonus point. I don't think I've ever got a bonus point in trivia in the whole six years we do on the show. Uh, <laughs> my f- first question is, what is the name of the dog that Wiggum had in high school? Oh, this is one of my questions as well. Oh, is it? Sergeant Scraps. Sergeant Scraps, correct. Okay, well, let's see. Let's cut to the next question. When Homer is um, singing his rendition of Smoke on the Water, mm. which candy bar would he like to eat? Ah, oh, damn, no, I, no idea. Uh, well, let's see. They burned down the gambling house. It crashed with an awful sound. He'd think he'd like a candy bar. I think oh, I'll eat. Yes, I think I'll eat a mounds. Mounds. Yes, mounds, yes. yes. <laughs> now- I remember that as well. There's a lot of stuff that came back to me. I mean, I, I haven't rewatched this episode since the first time I saw it. The smoke on the water one is always one that sticks out in my mind. Whenever I hear smoke on the water, I hear him going, smoke on the water. He's really getting into it. It's a good rendition. <laughs> it's, just, it's the perfect song for someone when they're smoking pot for the first time, to smoke on the water. <laughs> oh, yeah. That riff. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 yep. Please continue, for, Dando. For, me, next for me, though, can I just say, for me, the best moment of that entire scene is mm. hearing Homer yelling, like, Lisa's like, like the art teacher's office and blah, blah, blah. What's that smoke? And you hear Homer screaming out, smoke on the water, and Marge just goes, uh-oh. <laughs> the delivery from Julie of the uh-oh, I thought was marvellous. Oh, uh, my man. next question is, what does Homer tell Marge that she must go get for them, him and Otto, when they're going to try and stop the... Oh, it's, um, is it 10,000 veggie burritos? Veggie burritos, correct. And what does Otto not want? Guac. No Which guac, is, correct. Why would why? you not want? Why would you not want guacamole on a burrito? I never have guacamole on burritos or nachos. I have guacamole on just about everything. Really? I, okay, I, fair I, enough. I, oh yeah, it's a delightful, uh, delightful spread. What position does Mister Burns offer Homer? Ooh, EVP, Executive Ooh. Vice President. You're good with the acronym there. Yes, indeed, Executive Vice President. Usually All right. It's- here- Junior Vice President. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me with a question, mister. What date was the rally? Oh, July. Is not, this not a trick the month, not, not, not the month, but what date was the rally? July 6th. No. July 7th. No. Okay, then I've forgotten. There was the 8th because they said, oh. when we go out and vote on the 7th, 
Oh, on Tuesday, okay. On Tuesday the seventh, the rally was the day after, so it was Wednesday the eighth. I knew it was like not a trick question, but yes, because I figured it was the sixth, and then they had the rally of the day. Like, oh man, I can't believe I spaced on the date. That's <laughs> <laughs> such a good line. Got any more questions? I do. I've got one more for you if you want. All righty, what do we got? What time is it when Lisa says she wants to stop playing her saxophone for Homer? 1 a.m. or 2 a.m.? One of the two. 1 a.m. Yeah. 1 a.m. And my final question, a very easy one. Very, very easy one. How much debt is Mr. Burns in? $60 million. Correct. $60 million. There we go. I think we both did pretty well this time. We did, yeah. Well, it tends to happen when we enjoy the episodes. We remember a lot more about it. We pay a lot more attention and not looking at our phones or doing <laughs> other things, yes. Yes. Uh, so that is trivia for Weekend at Burnsies. Stick around, guys, because after this short break, we'll be back with our in-depth review of the episode. If you're looking for a podcast that'll always be there for you, look no further than our new show, The One About Friends, hosted by myself and my incredible wife, Nicola. She is literally the biggest Friends fan I know, so who better to help me as we revisit every single episode of the show, discussing the characters, fashion trends, and how this iconic series still relates to our lives to this day. The One About Friends is available now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. All right, it's time to give some shout-outs to our $20 plus patrons. But first of all, we need to give shout-outs to Dylan Haggett and Kane Von Nagy, this month's $100 patrons. You guys, legends, love you guys so much. All right, Jordan Molman, Richie, Nick Barbaro, Andrew Zerr, Noah Daniel, Christopher Darby, Keith Nedham, Adam Sanderson, Bella Winderbank, Ben Smith, Daniel Kotnick, David Stewart, George McMenemy, Jonathan Rossi, Katie G, Mark Boston Burgess, Matt Thompson, Nick Patterson, Sean Devey, Shannon Hofer, Stephen Roberts, the iconic June fucking Richards, Tom Pickering, Zach Pruitt, our man from the community podcast, You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, as well as Kevin Dental Plan Flood. Thank you so much for being $20 patrons and supporting the show. Also, shout-outs to our new patrons, Jenna Rice, Anthony DeBrule, Chris Malion, Jordan Beckford, Dan James, and the artist formerly known as Lenny. Don't forget, if you enjoy what we do here at Four Finger Discount and all the other podcasts we supply each and every week, you can support the show by being a Four Finger Discount patron. But thank you so much just for listening to the show. We do appreciate the support of each and every single one of you listeners, and we hope you enjoy our review of Weekend at Burnsies. So the original air date of Weekend at Burnsies was April 7th in 2002. Couch Gag was the hedge clipper, wasn't it? Like Edward Scissorhands. It's a topiary, yes indeed. So the episode kicks off with Marge. Asking if the family realizes anything different about... Was it dinner? It was dinner, wasn't it? Yeah, because you don't have veggies for breakfast. I do sometimes. There are, there'll be occasions when I'll uh, yeah. whip up a, a thing of veggies and put it in a breakfast burrito with some eggs when I'm feeling healthy. Otherwise, it's chorizo and eggs. And You love your chorizos, don't you? I love chorizo. All right, family. Who can guess what's different about dinner tonight? <laughs> Same old garbage. This guy's always on. Oh, you too. Homer here. Kind of mean. Yeah, same old garbage. I was like, oh, it's a bit bit, bit mean. I must admit, I thought we were off to a bad start with that kind of thing. I didn't didn't mind uh, Bart saying, this guy's always on. But it did strike me as a bit sort of, to use the term we drag out a bit, jackass Homer. It didn't feel quite as mean or quite as... Well, Marge didn't take it as as an offence. I kind of took it as a way of just, you know, your, your regular banter between yes. husband and wife. Yeah. Not yeah. him trying to put her down. It's just, oh, yeah, same old crap, you know, but in, a, in, a, in a fun way. 
Yes, yeah. But you're right. When when he first said, I'm like, "Hey, go easy." We're eating genetically modified vegetables. Look how big they are. This corn doesn't look so big. That's baby corn. What? Now you wanted to point something out. Let's do it. Or was it the baby corn? It was the baby corn thing. It was the baby corn. Okay, it was the baby corn. <laughs> but they, Lisa is not a fan because her potatoes eating carrots much. Says that's it. I'm not going to be buying any more uh, modified vegetables from the vegetable division of Union Carbide. I'm going to plant my own garden. I'm going to have a garden at the back. I've always wanted to start my own veggie garden. We tried to. It just didn't work. We grew mint and lettuce really well. Nothing okay. else grew. It was weird. Yeah, look, I, I killed just about anything that uh, that mm. grows. I've managed to keep a few succulents alive, but they're almost impossible to kill. But but like you, yeah, I've wanted to grow um, or have my own vegetable garden. I think it's a very noble endeavour, very cost-effective endeavour as well, but yeah, I don't think I've got the aptitude for it, unfortunately. <laughs> the aptitude. <laughs> Marge makes the garden, but the crows come immediately. I really liked the score here. I thought the score in this whole episode was actually really good. So good song choices and just the score in the background was good as well. So Marge going out to, to start her garden, just, you know, start the day fresh, nice Sunday day outside, I'm going to plant a veggie garden. She says to Lisa, I've tried heckling, I've tried Jekylling. That's a great line. <laughs> Do you think many of the listeners would know who Heckle and Jekyll are? I did when this first aired, but yeah. I was big on old school cartoons when I was younger. That's what my mum sort of, not raised me on, but she... I was very. I was raised on old-fashioned things, so old-fashioned Looney Tunes, even yeah. old sitcoms. So, Welcome Back, Cotter, and things like that. That's what I grew up on. Yeah. All right. For the um, for the listeners out there, and uh, I guess for the patrons in particular, I'm going to put up a. I'm going to see if I can track down a Heckle and Jekyll cartoon from mm-hmm. from the old days and uh, put it up online. It's probably there's probably one or two of them on YouTube. Oh, 100%. Heckle and Jekyll were, yes, a, a pair of bantering crow chums. I don't know if they had like a um, a villain or someone that they were always giving stick to, but... Uh, no, basically I, Waldorf and Statler from the Muppets. They were a bit, yeah, yeah. Look, there's a growing tendency to sort of reframe how characters are perceived these days. One could very easily perceive Heckle and Jekyll as a gay couple, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen plenty of articles where they say they're gay and here's why. It's like, okay, yeah, what a, who, cares if they, who cares if they are? <laughs> yes, indeed. The only one you should care about in that regard is Snagglepuss. <laughs> <laughs> Go do your stage left even. Come on, do it. Exit. Stage left even. Except that sounds more like Woody Allen or the Simpsons version <laughs> of Woody Allen. But I used to, oh, I'm sorry. I used to annoy Dando and the, my uh, co-workers at, at Pop Culture with my Snagglepuss all the time. All the time. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Please Ma- continue, Dando. Marge goes inside to get some gear for her scarecrow. I, I appreciated this. What I liked in particular was the if I only had a heart score over the top. Hmm. But yeah, so it's like a, it was very big at the time. I mean, it was bigger in the 80s, but I remember in the early 2000s, there was pop up video still on Channel V and whatnot. Just little facts about the song as you're watching yeah, it. Yeah. That, yeah. I was thinking, this is very early 2000s there. So I mean, I, I welcome it. It's, it's, it's been long enough yeah. that it's got a nostalgia value of its own now. But yeah, those pop up videos like, hey, did you know such and such about, uh, about Limp Biscuit? 
two ways you learnt facts in, in the early 2000s, pop-up video and, and rappers of fantails. Yes, indeed, because the internet was so slow that you couldn't get information off it yet. <laughs> That's exactly right, yeah. Even the, the pose of comic book guy in the little pop-up, like, <laughs> what, what were you saying? Put your heart out on, folks. <laughs> Something you should know. <laughs> yeah, so we've got the various things. I liked the grandpa's hat from Who Shot Grandpa's Hat. <laughs> <laughs> One of my trivia questions was actually going to be which Treehouse of Horror episodes was the Jack-O-Lantern from? Did you have that? I did not have that. Ah, so for those playing at home, it was 3, 9, and 12. The Flanders are there praying by the cross outside because she hasn't dressed it up yet. Then the crows all bail. Once she puts the hat on, then they scatter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did it. Marge is in the house. I will be soon because it needs some cleaning. Very Marge line, that. Indeed, but... Saying so and so was in the house was a very big thing in the early 2000s. Yeah, Big Mama's house. <laughs> oh, God. How many Big Mama's houses did Martin Lawrence make? I think there were at least three. Nah, there's two. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Unless they made a third that wasn't, wasn't him. Hang on. Maybe. Big Mama's house film series. Let's have a look. First one came out in 2000. Wow. Wow. Goodness gracious me. All right, so Big Mama's house is a 2000. Uh, Big Mama's House 2 in 2006. Oh, wow, you're right. 2011, there was Big Mama's House? For real? Did it star Martin Lawrence or did it, was he like in a... Big Mama's Like Father Like Son, also known That's... as Big Mama's House 3. Yeah, Martin Lawrence and Brandon T. Jackson. Brandon T. Jackson from Tropic Thunder. So there we go. Well, wait, I did not know they even existed. So there was a third one in 2011. Let's see how it went. Oh, well, it, it made profits of $50 million. So there you go. Bring on Big Mama's House 4. <laughs> Time for a reboot with... Um... I don't know who would be in it. It would have to be a female perspective, though, right? Got to be Big Daddy's house. Yeah, I think Amy. Um, who's one? Who do you love? Oh, Emma Stone. I think Emma Stone could pull it off. Maybe she wouldn't sink that low, but I think she could do it. She's got the comedic traits. Drew Barrymore in her prime could have pulled it off, I reckon. Yeah, not now. Right in, listeners. What do you reckon? Who would be Big Daddy's house? It would. It would work. <laughs> it would, I guarantee people would go see it. Hoping he gets home at night. I don't know where he was, but he got home at night. Sees the shadow of the sky. I love that. I'll regroup at Red Lobster. <laughs> <laughs> but when he comes back, it's like, Homer, it's just an intruder in your yard. You don't need to beat them to death as vigorously as you are. Oh, you do. You do. He goes full Negan from Walking Dead on him. <laughs> I love that. You ain't pretty no more. Especially the scarecrow, like we said, and the crows are all very thankful. Go do my bidding. It just, it just felt like a very Treehouse of Horror scene, this. Even with the music and everything. Forgive me, I should have done my research before. But what what was the episode where Homer was sort of did the St. Francis of Assisi thing? You know, and he's got all these animal friends and, you know, ah, my animal friends. Homer the heretic, where them. he skips church. That's right. And he ends up with, the, guys, give me a minute. Yeah. He's in the shower, <laughs> in the shower. animals all over him. <laughs> my favorite, my, one of my favorite lines is, I'm peeing with the door open and I love it. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> Is that what he's a cinnamon bun? He's a he's a yeah. warm cinnamon bun. Oh, well, a yeah. toast. I'm such a, a toasty cinnamon bun. Uh oh, go take a whiz. Think, Homer. Think, 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 <laughs> think, think, think. Everybody <laughs> loves think, think, think. <laughs> so Lisa says, by killing their enemy, I became the Alpha Crow. I gotta admit, I'm I'm kind of nervous here. We haven't seen Barney since they enveloped him. I'm sure he'll turn up. Look, here's one of his buttons. All right, that's it. Get him out of here. This ain't no crowbar. This is a crowbar. See? They got the little stools and everything. I thought this would have made your favourite moments. There was two there was two bits in this episode that I thought you would have liked. This being one of them, the crowbar. I did like that actually, yes. I'm, 
for some reason, I haven't written it down here. I think that I think the jokes are just sort of coming thick and fast, and there was a lot of stuff that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yes, that whole crowbar thing—that's not a crowbar. No, I honestly, I was expecting like a literal crowbar in there. Look at them on the on the little seats and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the perfect character to deliver that joke as well, wasn't it? it because you was. can imagine Mo to have an actual crowbar. I always like it when Mo sort of so shows his sensitive side or his softer side, you know, with something like this or they weren't little girls anymore. They, they were, were little, little women. women. Yes, that's the one I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> they were little women. <laughs> so, yeah, but you're right. I, yeah, props to the shouty at Crowbar. Very good gag. We're now in the bedroom and Marge is not happy that there are plenty of crows in the bedroom and I wouldn't be either. I would not be comfortable with crows because I'm trying to, I'm looking at these going, well, these crows are cute, but then you got to think, Imagine real crows in your bedroom. No, thank you. Have you ever had like a bird inside your house? Oh, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. They're erratic. They don't. They they, they just want to get out, but you can't. And if you've opened the door for them, it's like the door's there. Don't fly through yeah. the fucking window. The be- you know the best thing to do apparently is to open up the door and pull all mm. your blinds down so they see the light for the door. Oh, otherwise, clever. otherwise they'll keep going for the window. Yeah, yeah. I had a magpie in my uh, dining room a once. Magpie. Yeah, no. Holy Christmas. How'd that get in yeah. there? Through the window? I think it came down the chimney. Holy shit. I know. It was a bit... Uh, and it woke me up. I could hear this sort of... You know, you hear a bit of... Something along those lines. You I, just... You were just... I, just, t- <laughs> I was just touching the mic. <laughs> Do but- I just bang the microphone? I'm like, oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> you could have done pitter-patter on the, on the desk next time. <laughs> You can't. Can That's you hear better. that? I don't. Yeah, okay. I can hear that, yes. <laughs> but anyway, heard that. What the hell is that? Then make way towards the sound and sort of looking around the uh, looking around the dining room where, where I was certain the sound came from, and then you see up in the corner, what the fuck, magpie <laughs> in well, my house? If, you're if, an, if, you're, you, you're an outside bird. This is an inside house. <laughs> All birds are outside birds, in my opinion. But the thing that is, is, correct. I mean, no bird should be in a cage anyway. And then the magpies' morning call, you know, the the, the, the sound they make. Wow. If I heard that from just outside my door, I'd shit my pants. <laughs> I'm like, that is way too close. <laughs> Indeed. So, yes, birds inside the house, neither Dan nor I are fans of this. Not at all. So, Marge is obviously not a fan either. Um, Humber explains that it's a it's a murder. That's what a, a murder of crows. I mean, they're, they're terrifying. I know, but I, that is a terrific name for a collection of, uh, of oh, birds. Definitely, definitely. It, it really, really does suit the crows. I thought it was great when Marge left that the crows all hopped into her spot, and pulled a blanket <laughs> and over pulled, themselves, pulled up the covers. Yeah, That's cute. <laughs> crows are then feeding Homer the donut on the hammock, and uh, he's not a fan because they nearly choke him. So he says he'd do it himself. Then Maggie. Oh, she wants to fly too. I kind of feel sorry for the crows here because they thought they were helping. They did. That was a whole very sweet little gesture. I mean, she, was, she seemed to be enjoying it when she was, uh, you know, up in the wild blue yonder and seemed to handle herself fairly well when uh, yeah. when she took the tumble, turned the nappy into an impromptu parachute. Well played, Maggie. But still, yeah, doesn't doesn't exactly get them on the right side of Homer, does it? No, not at all. This is where Homer goes to town on the crows and just eventually says, shoot, go away. And they turn on him and that is not a worm. <laughs> I've no idea what they could be going pecking I at there. No idea either. No answers. Answers on a postcard, listeners. We come back from commercial. We're at the hospital. Homer's getting stitches in his eyes. That sounds terribly painful. Stitches in the eyeball. 
any sort of eye trauma is just no fun. Mm, I hate, I can't look at eyes. You know when people say, oh, look at my eye. If I've got something in my eye, I go, I'm not the person to ask. I can't do it. Mm. I hate eyes. Him it explains, they weren't trying to pick your eyes out. They're just trying to get your, your sweet eye juices. Mm. Do you forget that? Do you forget, for some reason, I don't know, it happens to me, if I rub my eye sometimes, you can like hear the juices. I don't think that's ever happened to me or any other human being, Dando. <laughs> if I rub my eye, I can like hear like the water like mixing around in my head. I think it depends on the time of day and the condition of your eyes when that happens. Yeah. But yeah, look, I'm I'm not completely unfamiliar with squelchy eye juice. Say, doctor, can you do something about my searing pain? Well, there is medication, although it's a little controversial. Does it go in the butt? I'm talking about medicinal marijuana. Prescription pot. Texas THC. Look, man, I don't do drugs. Homer, for your eyes, the best tonic is chronic. You're not afraid, are you? I love how Hibbert's, you know, is exerting a bit of peer pressure here, being the pusher man. It's like, the only tonic is chronic. <laughs> <laughs> Homer explains his bad experience with drugs where the, the sniffer dog grabbed him on the crutch. I didn't mind that. I, I, I mean, I know they try to do... They sometimes try these flashbacks that don't really work. The one in particular was the old man in the key where Grandpa drove into the aquarium. But for me, yeah. this one was fine. I thought it was great. Any time you get a flashback to young Lenny and Carl, who are basically Lenny and Carl, it's good by me. And, you know, with Carl saying, oh, they say it's a gateway truck. Yeah, I, I got a few laughs out of that. And uh, So was Wiggum actually like a real cop or was he like a school security guard or was he just an enthusiastic would-be law enforcement officer? Because, I mean, I would assume he's the same age. I think he was the he was the security of Homer's school when he was younger. So I'm assuming he must have been a police in training or something okay. along those lines. Yeah, it was always in some yeah. sort of law enforcement. Yeah, because the episode where Homer's mum joins the radical team and they tried to fuck up Mr. Burns. Oh no, it wasn't Homer's school. Sorry, it was Mr. Burns's lab, and Wiggum is the security guard for it when they when they're trying to kill all the germs oh, okay. that he's creating. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so Hibbert offers the the wizard or the skull bong. What was your question? Well, I think you can tell a lot about a person oh, yeah, by yeah. whether they chose the wizard or the skull. So I would Dando, go. I, I'm pretty sure I'm a wizard. Yeah, I'm a wizard. Yeah. What does what does that say about me? Oh, I don't know what it says about it. I just think <laughs> <laughs> it says something. It says something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it says a lot about that, a person. But what you take? What, what does it mean? I don't know. Just just it says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're going to ask a follow up question. Shit. <laughs> Homer reads the caution. Uh, things may appear more edible than they are. Before he takes the drugs, and yeah, this is, I just I really liked this, I really did. Um, so Marge noticing the smoke, it smells like the art teacher's office. Good nice little gag there, and then smoke on the water. For me, a so this is how I sing smoke on the water. I think this is how everybody sings smoke on the water. You can't listen to smoke on the water and not scream smoke on the water every time it comes out. But b like I said at the start of this podcast, whenever I hear smoke on the water now, all I hear is Homer singing it. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's so great. <laughs> he's just, it sounds like he's having such a great time. That's what I enjoy about it. It does, doesn't he? Honestly, I can't remember the actual lyrics to Smoke on the Water beyond, you know, they burned down smoke the, on the water. house. It fell with an awful sound. <laughs> yeah, Smoke on the Water. Da, da, uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, I think basically you're just going to be doing the riffs for the most part. Da, 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 da. Oh, so awesome. Uh, a really boring song to play on Guitar Hero, though. <laughs> I never played Guitar Hero. 
It's not a thing anymore. They've got because I take Elliot to Time Zone here in Geelong sometimes, and they've still got the big official Guitar Hero machine. Mm-hmm. And I've got the Guitar Heroes on the Wii and the PlayStation. I haven't busted them out, but for a good period there, they were the party thing. That you couldn't go to a party without Guitar Hero being busted out at some point because it's a game that you can still play drunk, and it's music True. at the same time, and it's usually yeah. awesome music. So. Indeed. Well, South Park uh, did a whole episode about uh, about mm. Guitar Hero. Oh, you never know. A couple of uh, really cool dudes might talk about the, that South Park episode on their South Park podcast called Going Down to South Park. That could happen sometime in the future, maybe. It's a good name for a podcast. you think two guys would eventually make a podcast called that and have it available on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find a good podcast. That is correct. You'd think that uh, anyone who heard an episode would maybe even go and like give it a five-star rating. Yeah, on iTunes, five stars, a few kind words. Yeah, I, I, that's what I would do if I listened to the incredible podcast that is going down to South Park hosted by, who hosts it? Do you know who they are? I think it might be um, Gando and Die. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard about them. They're actually quite good. They also host another podcast. Talking Signposts? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Talking Steinfield. <laughs> but it's, yeah, yeah. It's a podcast all about Hayley Steinfeld. Yes. <laughs> Actually, that is my side solo project. <laughs> Got me a restraining order. By the way, guys, yeah, going down to South Park, available now on iTunes. Check it out. Uh, if you want to be a week ahead, you've just got to be a four-finger discount patron. Yes, you do. Yes. The latest episode we reviewed was Weight Gain 4000 with a beef cake. <laughs> beef cake. All right. We, we now return you to Weekend at Burnsies already in progress. Yes, four-finger discount, the bread and butter. So we get the flashback, as we were discussing. Homer, oh yeah, Homer's singing Smoke on the Water. That's where we were. We're all singing Smoke on the Water. I love the delivery of the uh-oh from Marge. Just perfect from Julie there. Marge thinks she's now guilty of possession. She so would, though. That's, that's, that's exactly how Marge would react. Oh, my God. Now I'm guilty. Unless I, oh. you know, unless I go against you in court. Unless <laughs> I testify. <laughs> Going to snitch out Homer. Oh, dear. Yes. Don't do it, Marge. Snitches get stitches. Exactly. Homer shows the legal slip to prove that he's allowed to smoke it. It's medicinal. He says he can blow mm. smoke in the president's face and he's just got a groove on it. <laughs> <laughs> that bit I loved. Oh, yeah. Very, very funny. Homer on drugs is very funny. I don't usually like... I, I don't like it when actors have to play drunk or play drugged, but I mm. think Homer here was just so funny. He was just extremely likable. He's just yes. a very, yeah, just a very mellow dude. Yeah, he's just happy to be around. Yeah. Very, very good. This is where we get the montage that I mentioned earlier with the way you love like um heaven. Just perfect song for this. And just I watched this and I smiled. It just made me smile. And it goes for about twenty seconds, but it just made me smile. One thing I did want to say though was when he was in his vision flying through the power plant, I thought the phone call was going to be him like from a ditch or something. Oh, okay. but because you see him fly, throw, <laughs> flying around the power plant, and then he's just at work. So yeah. I, I don't know. But he calls Marge, and she says, "You know, he says I, I'm the owl in the word now. But if you tell anyone, <laughs> all, all it needed was the fist. Indeed. <laughs> Maybe you did do it. I'm not too sure. Marge says, "You know, I appreciate you calling, but you just called me five minutes ago. This was literally my dad when I was younger. My dad was a supervisor at Candy Footwear that I think I've mentioned on the podcast before." Mm-hmm. And he was so bored at work that he would just call up home every single morning <laughs> just to see what was going on because he had nothing else to What's do. Happened? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he called like twice before I'd go to school. But uh, then, then Homer puts her on hold. Like a margin near the line. She's totally bumming me out. Bumming me out. <laughs> Homer is then watching Lisa play the sax. 
And what I liked here was the delivery of the fact that he's trying to explain to Bart how great drugs are, but you can never take them. You will never experience this, but it's amazing. <laughs> also love that he's eating a bag of extra fancy potato chips. Oh, I didn't see that. That is funny, yeah. Mm. So he keeps paying Lisa to play the sax. How much would be in a case at this stage? Because if he's throwing 20s at her... That was a lot of money, wasn't it? That's a, that's a big tip. It looked like she's, she'd be up to nearly a grand, I reckon. Look, if you throw a busker a $20 tip, they stop playing and give you a cuddle. I'm not sure I want to be cuddled by a busker. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm never giving a busker... I don't think I've ever given a busker folding money. Really? Okay. I See, I used to be big into the local music scene, so if, I, if I've got a five, I always check a fiver in. I think I've, I think I've dropped some gold coins into a, into a case or two, but uh, no, never folding. Always change. What I do is sometimes I go, because they busk at the front of the, the local supermarket here, mm-hmm. and it's usually, you know, a bit late at night or whatever. I usually go inside and I'll buy them some sort of, like, snack or whatever, because they're, they're out there for good. hours playing. I usually go in there and buy a, a cold bottle of water or a bottle of Coke or whatever and a, couple, a packet of potato chips or something. I'm like, you could, I could give you two bucks or I could buy you this. And they're like, man, that's actually awesome because now I don't have to leave my post to go get this. <laughs> I remember I did that once, not, not for a busker, but uh, I thought rather than uh, give this gentleman who was clearly sleeping rough, give him some money, I thought I'd buy him a coffee and a churro. He really appreciated it. Well, he mm. said he did anyway. Yeah, well, we did it in San Francisco. I've, I think I discussed this with Mitch once, but there was a guy who, a homeless guy, who was sitting across the street from where we were staying and he had a dog with him. Oh, as soon as I saw that dog, I'm like, oh, that poor dog. All I could think of was this dog. And I'm sitting there, Nicola's like, I can see it's annoying you. Go buy the dog something. I'm like, thank you. So <laughs> I went down to the, I think it was Walgreens or something. It's like a, a uh, Express Walgreens or whatever. Went in there and bought a can of dog food and bought the guy a sub <laughs> and then gave it to him, yeah. Aww. And then this dude, I watched him from where I was staying, watched him at the window put the dog food in the bag for later on and gave his dog half of his sub. Oh, what a what a legend. What yeah, a no, Yeah, I was like, what a champion. Yeah. So, like, you, we'll keep that for later. I only need half of this sub. You have the good stuff, buddy. Either oh. that or he's saving the dog food for himself. I don't know. But that's what I like to think he was doing. <laughs> let's not delve too deep into that one. Yes, let's not do that at all. Hi, Diddly. Hey, Homer. Oh, my God. This dude does the best Flanders. You got the mustache and the Diddly. Okay, now do wig him. <laughs> Homer, it's me, Ned. All right. To God, dude. Hey, I got a question for you. Could Jesus microwave a burrito so hot that he himself could not eat it? <sighs> well, sir, of course he could, but then again, wow, as melon scratchers go, that's a honeydoodle. Now you know what I've been going through. Well, luckily I've got a book right here that's jam-packed with answers. Hmm. Oh, man, this is long. Could you read it to me? Uh, I guess that could be arranged. I did like the question, though. This was going to be one of my trivia questions. Could Jesus microwave a burrito so hot, not even he could eat it? I love that kind of, um, you know, unanswerable stoned question that gets thrown Especially around. Especially when it's religion-based, like it, that's the best. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, okay, what happens when, you know, an unstoppable force... Meets an immovable object. Ah. <laughs> That's the Keanu, Keanu Reeves meme of the, whoa. Whoa. You're twisting my melon, man. <laughs> I thought, speaking of melons, how great was Flanders' response? Oh, as far as melon scratches go, that's a honeydoodle. <laughs> <laughs> I did love that about when when um, Homer answers the door. Oh, you do the best. And you got the diddly and everything. <laughs> <laughs> how good is 
You got the diddly. You got the mustache and the diddly. <laughs> but Homer asks to read the Bible because Flanders says there's answers in here. It's too long. Flanders, the way Harry delivered, <gasps> oh, the effect finally. of being raised. <laughs> so excited. Reads it all. Homer's wowed by it. He wants to give back to God. So he, Flanders tricks him. Well, he doesn't trick him. He just sort of explains to him. And Homer's too high yeah. to realize what he's saying to sign the recriminalize our marijuana form. Now do wig him. Well, okay. I, I guess it would go something like this. All right, Simpson. You're under arrest, see? I said wig him. How great is that? <laughs> yeah. The other day when we were talking about Homie the Clown and mm. how, you know, there'll be a button or a bow on the end of a scene that just really sort of ties it all together. That there, yeah, that's a really good example of that. Just Yep. I said Wiggum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. Burns is then going through the jokes for the investors meeting in his sixty million dollars because he's pissed it all away. I like that. Don't make that face with us. Yes, that's the one. But it's just normal face. <laughs> He needs someone to laugh at it, who laughs at all of his jokes. You know, honest feedback. Every boss ever. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Homer thinks he's hilarious, though. As a result, he gets made the executive vice president. And Smith is a bit disappointed because he thought that was going to go to him. But Burns would have said anything to get those stem cells. And then Homer arrives at home in the suit, still laughing about that joke, that working yeah. hard or hardly working. <laughs> hardly working. Where did you get that suit? Whoa, whoa, one question at a time. Yes, you? It's almost like Homer becomes more intelligent when he's high. He's more coherent. Yeah, yeah, he sort of picks up on social cues a bit better. He's a little more sort of, he's both present and not present. Yeah, yeah. Marge is concerned though, because she, you know, he's starting to use marijuana for more than just his eyes. I am going to sound silly here, I know, by asking this, but what was the paperclips reference here? I think uh, they were probably being turned into roach clips when, you know, you you burnt your joint down to a little nub, but you want to get that last sweet, sweet bit of Mary Jane out of it. So rather than hold it between your thumb and forefinger, you will fashion a paperclip into a roach clip so you can hold it and and get the last, good to the last drop. That is, you know, purely speculative on my part. Never, cert- never done at the Davis household. <laughs> you see, because you're talking to someone here who's never, I've never smoked weed once in my life not even once so I was just like that reference is lost on me but I know Guy Davis is going to understand it <laughs> but even like the half-eaten uh, cupcakes and whatnot and then we get Homer I just got promoted because of yes I cannabis this way Marge says the curtains smell like dude like dube yeah did she say dube or dude I thought it was dube Okay, maybe it is doob. <laughs> Either way, it's funny. <laughs> but then the, we have a kitchen? <laughs> Marge, do, honestly, when you're smoking that, is that the kind of effect that it has on you? Or are you just a veteran now that it doesn't have any impact or whatever, you're just happier? Yeah, now I just need it to get by, man. <laughs> <laughs> this guy calls me every Monday, really bums me out. I got there doing the other line. Wants to talk about the Simpsons again. Oh boy! <laughs> Look, I think it. I think it depends on the batch that you have maybe got. Maybe it depends on your own frame of mind. Uh, it can depend on the company. It's a lot of things, certainly. But I think you know that that sort of air of discovery is yeah probably more when you're starting out than anything else, or when you're sort of when you're new to the herb. Do you have a not a ritual, but do you have uh, your favourite kind of smoking setup or scenario? 
uh, yeah, man, wake and bake. No, 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 no. Um, I like to either cook something or order something in while I'm either cooking or waiting for it to arrive. Take a smoke, prepare something to watch uh, that evening. Set up like a what you think might be a good double feature, and you'll know when you'll know when you've hit on the right thing as well. I'm not really. I mean, I'm a streaming guy. I've got streaming services, of course, but I've also got my library of Blu-rays, like you do, Dando. And you'll find yourself sort of looking through those, going, nah, "Not quite, not quite, not quite." There it is, <laughs> and um, yeah, you pull it out. And, oh, yeah, this was a good choice. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that. I guess that's my ritual. It's, it's not much of one. Food and movies. Food and movies, man. Food, movies, and smoke. Do you have a, Do you have a favorite food to eat whilst? Well, we're gonna. That is something that was actually asked by one of our uh, our patron friends. Ooh, uh, we'll get to that in the mailbag. There, a bit of a tease in for the, the mailbag. mailbag. So we'll get to that. When yes, we get to that. We shall indeed. All right, so stick around for the mailbag, guys. Absolutely. But in the meantime, the curtains smell like doob. Yes, and Marge wakes up in the middle of the night overhearing Homer and Otto watching the Three Stooges in the attic. Right, we got the, <laughs> the Otto spelt backwards. Now I'm scared. Marge <laughs> said, this is where Marge is pointing out, what does this have to do with your eyes? Why are you still on drugs? You don't need them anymore. We get the news report that shows the form, Flanders form, and Homer sitting down the bottom. One thing about this episode is it's never acknowledged that it was Homer's fault. You see it on TV that Homer's signature was the last one required to get it over the line. That's but, true, yeah. But it's never acknowledged or pointed out. It's just there for the viewer. I think I think that's a good thing that you know it, it's not sort of the burdens on him or anything like that. I do like that um, his signature got a peace sign in the O. I thought that was very funny. Yeah. Uh, and something else that I did enjoy from this scene. Sorry to rewind just a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned before about, oh, maybe you didn't, but that's the way talking. But Homer and Otto are watching the Three Stooges and go, oh, these guys are so stoned. I think there's a feeling, and I know it it was certainly the case with me, the first few times you smoke or whatever, the first few times you get stoned to high or whatever, you've got this feeling that everything you like was clearly, you're on the same frequency as all the stuff you love. It's like, Man, when the Beastie Boys made Paul's Boutique, they must have been so high because, you know, I'm getting so much out of it. Or, you know, David Fincher, when he made Fight Club, man, he's got to, he's inserted all these messages in here that only Stone is going to get. Of course, they, of course, that's not the case. You couldn't make Paul's Boutique if you were stoned. You couldn't make Fight Club if you were stoned. <laughs> that's not the case. But I think if you're watching it, uh, you know, with a bit of a buzzer and you're going, whoa, how'd they get into my head, man? They must be smoking the same shit that I'm smoking. <laughs> of course they were not. But <laughs> makes, anyway, makes you think that way, yeah. It certainly makes you think that way, and, and and that's actually part of the enjoyment as well. It's like, oh man, I'm I've been initiated into a secret club. I was about to say, kids, I'm I'm not making this sound cool. Of course, I'm not making this sound cool. For goodness' sakes, I'm a bloody middle aged stoner talking about the you know listening to the Beastie Boys and watching Fight Club. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> you, you, you're living the life of Bill and Ted Three. Face the music, man. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, yep, we now return you to the referendum, uh, as Kent Brockman uh, puts it on the uh, on the nightly bulletin. We're now at the rally, and we got the band Fish playing. Obviously, these guys must be pro medicinal marijuana. I guess they must be, and I think they're also like a, a neo Grateful Dead type in that they've got sort of. I think the fans are called fish heads. Okay, along the lines of deadheads, like the great for the Grateful Dead, and they follow fish all around. I, I've Never been like a fish fan, although I don't mind Ben and Jerry's fish food. Is that why he made the poth head gag? Is that a poth yeah, head? I, yeah, yeah. I think every member of Fish got a line. 
I, but honestly, I don't know a great deal about fish, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I don't know too much about them either. But there, I read that there was a time where they thought that there was other fish references throughout the show, but it wasn't. Okay. It was just I think I mentioned in the episode Lisa the Tree Hugger or something, just as a passing okay. comment. But Look, yeah, if any listeners out there are, in fact, fish fans mm. and know of any fish references, not at, only, not even in this episode, but throughout the, throughout the show, by all means, let us know. We'd, uh, we'd love to hear about it. They weren't even a band when this was um, recorded. They were on a two-year hiatus oh. or something, and they decided they would still come in and record the lines together, which was nice of them. So, Molman here, he's seriously ill. I always like when we get a Molman appearance, especially when he's trying to appear young and cool. He got his tie-dye t-shirt on. Yes. Fish keep playing, and they end with the Simpsons theme song, which is apparently something they used to play in the mid-90s at their gigs. Oh, for real. I always like hearing the theme song played on electric guitar. I just think it sounds great. Doesn't it? That that down, 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 down. Yeah. yeah. Very, very good. Good, good little Homer. So are we supposed to believe that Homer put this whole rally together? Because why else would he have a giant that. fucking banner for his, with his face and everything? Uh, yeah, that was my assumption, that he's so sort of into the lifestyle now that he'll do anything to keep it decriminalised or keep it legal, whatever the case may be. I did like the, thank you for taking time away from your jobs. Jobs? What are you talking jobs. about? Jobs? Jobs? jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you all for coming down here. Taking time off from your jobs? Because we need to keep medical marijuana legal. Whether you suffer from glaucoma or you just rented the Matrix, medical marijuana can make things fabulous medically. I thought you would A, appreciate the joke, but B, want to defend the Matrix. Because the Matrix one, I like. I think the Matrix One is very revolutional for its time, regards special effects. Anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, it's not a diss on the Matrix at all. But I mean, no. But you have to sort of I think, put. You have to be out, thinking outside the box to appreciate it more. <laughs> I think if you've got a bit of a, uh, if you're in an altered state of uh, of consciousness, yeah. The, not that the, Ma- the Matrix is deep enough as it is, but uh, yeah, I think with a bit of a buzz on, you kind of like whoa. You get very neo in it. Like, yeah, well, that's, that's why the Matrix works so well. It's just it's so outrageous and out there, but. It could be true because it came at a time. It came at the perfect time as well because it came at the time when people were still there was a generation of people who were afraid of computers. They were afraid computers were going to take over the world. We had Y two K and all that kind of thing. So the idea that we were living in this matrix, it's like I don't believe it. But then again, yeah, yeah. Let's not discount the possibility. Yeah. <laughs> It's a theory that's gaining more and more presence uh, or gaining a little more traction these days even. Uh, there was a terrific doco that I think is – I'm, I'm not sure exactly where it's available or, not, or which streaming service is on, but with a little research, uh, listeners, you can find out, called A Glitch in the Matrix. And there is um, sort of a subculture of people who genuinely believe that we're living in some form of computer simulation, that in the future – say, uh, virtual reality or even games have become advanced to such a degree that the game environment will be very, very lifelike and we could be living in one of those. We're, we're living in, in a video game being played by someone in the future. My argument to that would be if we were being controlled in that way, why would they allow us to think that way if they can control our minds? Why would they allow someone who they control to unravel what they've put together. If they, if they have the ability to just reprogram our minds and wipe our minds clear, then why wouldn't they just do that if we... It's, I don't know. That's a topic. That's a discussion for another podcast. <laughs> Indeed. That, that's, that, that's for your Russell Brand podcast. Every time I walk up to your house these days, you listen to Russell Brand. 
he's, he's an interesting fella. Oh, oh man, I can't believe we spaced on the date. What are we going to do? Well, we can't just stand here staring at our hands. Although, wow. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I married that chick. They call him Fingers, but I never see him Fing. Oh, there they go. We then are at the burning of all the weed, and the people are there to try and breathe it all in, so they counteract that with some barber hair. Homer's response to this is fantastic. I could have smoked that part and worn that hair. (laughs) (laughs) The family say, you know, Homer, you don't need drugs anymore. Your eyes are fine. Eyes? What the hell are you talking about? Very, very funny. Very, very funny. And Lisa, you know, I want the... The dad who was this, that, and the other. You know, actually, you know what? I don't know what I want. So it's very, it's very clever in the sense that they're trying to highlight that they want their old dad back. But then again, what he's doing is actually also having a benefit to the way he's behaving towards them as well. You know, he's yeah. It's a negative in a sense that he's never home or he's not focusing on his job or anything like that. But his behavior to them has actually improved a lot. Yeah, he's engaged, he's friendly, he's yes. likable. And uh, is he tie- is he tying up his bathrobe? Don't know about that. Never, no. Never. They make him a promise, or Marge makes him a promise that he'll never do drugs again. So I did like that he does agree to that. And he sticks by it as well. What's the matter, Homer? You're drunk, but you're not, like, sloppy drunk. Going cold turkey isn't as delicious as it sounds. Look, I'm really glad you're off the wacky tobacco. Yeah, you were getting all spacey and everything. We were going to have an intervention. Yeah, but at the planning party, I got alcohol poisoning. <laughs> I nearly died. <laughs> <laughs> I was already making excuses not to go to your funeral. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would have really liked this one as well. Cold turkey isn't as delicious as it sounds. It sounds. I did enjoy that line. Very, very good. <laughs> so Homer realizes that life is better again. I think his sperm counts up. He can make out shapes and... Patterns. Yes, that's right. He actually said that three minutes ago, but he said, this is the moment. This is the moment here that I thought you would have loved. I'm no longer a slave to this. Why do you even have that anymore, Homer? I keep it as a reminder. Dentist Tuesday. Tuesday. (laughs) I I thought, I was right here, Guy will love this. (laughs) Guy did enjoy that. That is correct. (laughs) Burns then calls Homer and says, I need you to laugh at all my jokes again. But Homer says, I don't think I can. (laughs) What would you like in your pizza pie? Extra cheese? He's, <laughs> what do you take me for? We want Lorenzo de Medici. <laughs> uh, anyway, extra cheese on a pizza is a good way to go, though. Oh, absolutely. I always have to get extra meat. I, I always get extra meat. I mean, I do love extra cheese, but if I'm going to have an option between extra cheese or extra meat, it's always extra meat for me. No, it's always extra cheese for me. Yep, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I can see why. But okay. see, my friend used to always get a margarita with extra cheese. I'm like, oh, man, that's a lot of cheese. I was about to say, yeah, that's overdoing it. Yes, definitely. But like a capricosa with extra cheese on top? You yeah. love the capricosa. Capri- capri- I always say capricosa, but it's capricosa, yeah. I love a capricosa. I personally don't, but I can appreciate the fact that you do. Because I always see that, that um, little glimmer in your eye every time you mention capricosa. <laughs> it's a fun word to say, and it it's is. a delicious pizza to eat. Homer is getting ready, and he's a bit nervous. Homer says, just picture him naked. Oh, with, with a funny hat on. <laughs> Even worse. Yeah, Homer and Smithers are now not laughing at his jokes and they're a bit concerned because if one of them doesn't laugh soon, the flop sweat would uh, dehydrate him. So he goes to have a bath, says I'll be back and you better be laughing. Homer suggests the weed. 
This stuff can make anything funny, even that show that follows friends. But I promised my family I wouldn't smoke it anymore. Well, I've got to do something. Start inhaling, Waylon. This suit used to belong to Judy Garland. Uh, we could sing a song if you don't mind being Mickey Rooney. You mean that guy down 60 Minutes who yells all the time? What was following Friends at the time? That's a very good question. I was going to Google it before we started talking, and I did not. No. I am going to I am going to hazard a guess that it was the single guy. What the hell is that? Uh, it was very much a Friends knockoff starring, funnily enough, and maybe this, maybe this is a connection, uh, Jonathan Silverman, co-star of Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, that would make a lot yeah, of sense. So the, right. I've got here the card that follows a must-see TV for NBC yes. in 2002. I'll just uh-huh. do a search for the word friends. Mm-hmm. See what we get. Meanwhile, the flagship Thursday block acquired two new hits, Friends, which became television's second biggest comedy behind only Seinfeld and ER. No, I can't seem to find what actually was following Friends. That's a shame. So there's there's nothing on Google about saying must see TV or anything like that. Must see t- I'm on the must see TV. Wiki- oh, here we go. Must see TV Wikipedia page 2002. Here we go. So friends. Ah, oh, so we had 8:30. So eight o'clock would have been all new friends. Yes. I'm assuming. So friends. Then inside Schwartz leap of faith and then reruns of friends. <laughs> so you had inside Schwartz leap of faith. So leap of faith, an American single camera sitcom that aired on NBC in early 2002, right after friends. I never. I don't remember any of these. I vaguely remember Inshot Schwartz. Yeah, it aired for two seasons. It starred Brecken Mayer or Meyer, whatever his name was, as oh, okay, the title yeah. character. Okay, so, the yes, dude from that Clueless. Didn't, that didn't yeah. do well. And then after that was Will and Grace and Just Shoot Me. Just Shoot Me, very underrated in my opinion. I used to love Just Shoot Me. Just Shoot Me was good stuff. Just yeah, Shoot Me was I, good fun. I really, really liked it. Okay. Oh, well, that blows my single guy theory all to hell. Still, Inshot Schwartz and uh, what was the other one I said? It's just Leap, Leap of Faith. Leap of Faith. They were the two shows that followed Friends, apparently. So, didn't do too well by the sounds of it. Friends couldn't, yeah. even Friends couldn't save them. Hey, speaking of Friends, well, you know what would be great? If, if there was some podcast uh, that was available to listeners uh, that was you know, hosted by two people who really cared about each other and really cared about Friends. I don't know. Maybe call it the one about Friends or something along those lines. I mean, lines. now would be the right time to release it, wouldn't it? Considering we just had the Friends reunion and everyone's tired of hashtag Friends. You'd think there'd be a podcast called The One About Friends on iTunes. You would and think Spotify so. And wherever you find your podcast. Yeah, and you'd think that uh, anyone who listened to it would give it five stars on iTunes, give it a rave review, because it, yeah, it yeah. would be worth it, clearly. I would subscribe to it for sure. Like you said, two people who care for each other. A married couple living, that would be even better. Whoa, hang on, man. <laughs> don't get too crazy. The One About Friends available now on iTunes and Spotify. <laughs> Wherever you find your podcast. Check it out, guys. Hosted by myself and Nicola. But enough about Friends. Let's get back to the episode. So they realize that Mr. Burns has been out for 60 minutes. They find Uh-oh. him dead in the bath. What did you think of the uh, the slipping through the hands and just a flat against the... It's a funny visual. <laughs> I like a, the sound effect. Yes, it really was funny. <laughs> just a naked Burns just flat, uh, up against the wall like that. So they think, what can we do here? And this is where the title of the episode plays in. Nice little gag here. A gag I didn't understand as a kid. I understand as I'm older. Eyes has been dead for five years. Turner's just a hologram. <laughs> oh, I've killed him. I've killed him. Oh, I've killed Davis. Oh, uh, we were doing so well. <laughs> Apologies for that, folks. Yeah, I did I did very much enjoy those jokes about Eisner and uh, and uh, and Ted Turner. Again, another another uh, punch at punching down at uh, at Bill Clinton as well. Oh Poor yeah, yeah. Bill. He's what is the 
He's Jimmy Carter with a fox He's attitude. Fox, fox attitude. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and apparently he gets $200,000 just to appear, apparently. Oh, I think, uh, what's the word? Lowballing uh, the, the figure there. I think, uh, I imagine Bill is getting a sizable amount to uh, make a public appearance. But anyway. In, two, in 2002, you reckon? Oh, actually, no. That I, I'm not speaking with any authority here. Thank you, probably. <laughs> Assumption, Davis. Very much an assumption. I will say, though, this is the point where I did say, oh, this is why it's called Weekend at Burnsies. I mean, yeah. I didn't, uh, I'd, I'd forgotten all about the, uh, yes, he's, he's essentially dead and they're making out like he's not. Oh, okay. Weekend at Burnsies reference. There you go. But yep. I completely forgotten about that and just tweaked at the very end. And there's not really much more to explain about this. Homer just. He- they got him up on the stage. The investors don't realize that he's dead at this time. He doesn't answer questions. Homer answers questions for him. They get Smithers is uh, manipulating him like a puppet. They get him to do a song and dance and whatnot. He's the court. The strings snap. Burns falls and collapses. And during this point, he regains consciousness. All is well with the world because he fires Homer for not taking him to the hospital. They do the slap. I know I'm just summarizing this last two minutes very quickly, but there's really nothing to explain. There's not much more to it. I mean, no. it's, it it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but still, that that ending, it's not terrible. And because no. the episode, what came before it was so good that it doesn't really matter. I don't, it doesn't bother me. But yeah, I just think this episode I enjoyed so much more than I thought I was going to. It's um much more. I think it's much more enjoyable the older you get. But and that's and this is coming from someone who doesn't. Smoke weed for someone who does, like yourself, like you've said here, you smoke weed quite regularly. Do you think they did a good job with the way they handled Homer smoking it? Or, well, as I said earlier, I mean, all the stuff with you know the rainbows and all that kind of stuff. Even the even the why do they call them fingers when they don't even think? I can't recall ever having done that in you know yeah yeah decades of smoking weed. It's not really it's that. <laughs> Sorry to turn this into go ask Alice, but you know that's more like a that's more like a shrooms thing. What the fuck is go ask Alice? God, I'm really showing my age here. <laughs> uh, All I can think of is the Brady kids asking Alice questions. Is that what it was? <laughs> no, no. Dad, why do I have hair down there? Fuck off. Go ask Alice. <laughs> there was a when I was a teenager, uh, and this is probably it was probably published even before it was probably published in the seventies. There was a book called Go Ask Alice. And it was written by Anonymous. And it was supposedly like a true life tale of um, a nice suburban girl who, you know, went to a party one night and she probably took a hit off the reefer. And from there, it was just all downhill because she tried the gateway drug and she ended up, you know, I think she ended up doing heroin, ended up dying. Don't do what Donnie don't does, whatever. Pretty much, you know, and the and the, the title is taken from... Um, uh, from the White Rabbit song by Jefferson Airplane. It's like, okay. go ask Alice when she's 10 feet tall. That's a really bad version of it. Yeah, so go ask Alice was kind of the scared straight drug manifesto. It's like, right, kids, I know you're thinking about uh, smoking the Mary Jane, but you might want to have a read of this book. You know, It's probably something Maud Flanders would give you. What did we learn, Palmer? All right, so what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? While I've never actually heard a fish song, other than the ones that were uh, in this episode, I can get the appeal of them. They seem like a uh, a cool bunch of dudes who specialize in good vibes. I would, I, I imagine, I would have a good time at a fish concert. Run, 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 run. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I'm feeling better already. What did you learn from this episode, Dando? 
I learned that you should never go cold turkey, Mr. Davis, because it's certainly as delicious <laughs> as you're expecting it to be. <laughs> From this day forward, your names will be... All right, it's time for the Guy Davis New Name Championships. I will get up the leaderboard. It currently stands at this in third position. On 10 points, we have Stephen Roberts. 11 points, Philip Hawkins. And atop the leaderboard, Garoad Harrowhill on 15 points. What do we got? Oh, man. They were out in force this time around. I've got a lot of honourable mentions because I think the thing of it is with uh, with weed, with pot, with marijuana, it's got a lot of code names, it's got a lot of uh, aliases, and that gave our um, our our patrons and our uh, and our listeners a lot of room to move when it came up to new titles. So look, before we get to three, two, one, uh, let me throw out some honourable mentions. You mentioned Garoda Harrowhill before; he didn't quite make the cut this time around, but he Ooh, did give us a um, intriguing. I know, but he gave us a good alternative title, one that's a bit long, but it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a good Simpsons reference, I think. He may be a joker, a smoker, and a midnight toker, but he is not the puppetess of love. What else have we got here? Uh, Josh Hedge. Josh, uh, Josh Over the Hedge gave us Pot, pot of Bother. Oh, it's Josh the Clipper Hedge. Oh, Josh the Clipper Hedge. I'm going to have to start writing these nicknames down and rather than come up with new ones every time around. That was right, Josh the Clipper Hedge. Pot of bother from Josh uh, the Clipper. Neil Parks and Recreation. Um, is that correct? Or <laughs> I, did I we like give- it. I like it, yeah. <laughs> Neil, if you're okay with that one, let us know. Don't Fear the Reefer. One more uh, honourable mention from, I think I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, uh, Maddie Sign. Let's go with it. It, it looks like the first half of Seinfeld, so I'm going to go with Maddie Sign. Mm-hmm. Maddie, I saw the sign. Uh, who, <laughs> That's very good. Uh, gave uh. us 420 Evergreen Terrace, as in 420 get lit, 420 blaze it. Dando will, in fact, remember that um, occasionally I would burst into the pop culture office <laughs> at, at 420 p.m., bellow out, 420 get lit, and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> Your best thing you ever did at Pop Culture was you created the discount code turned down for Watto. <laughs> <laughs> that was good times. I enjoyed that. <laughs> oh, man. Star Wars sale. Turned down for Watto. Yeah, continue. Turned down for Watto. Uh, we are now into the three, two, one. And let's let's start with one point, shall we? And that goes to um, Nick James, bitch. Ooh, Nick uh, James. Has Nick, Nick James been on the leaderboard yet? No, this is Nick James' first appearance. Well done, Nick. Oh, no, he has. He's now on five points. Okay, well, he gets a single point for HS Puffin Stuff. Oh, very good. Who's your friend when things get rough? I can't believe that show <laughs> only went for 17 episodes. It feels like it went forever, didn't it? I know. I yeah. Know. I feel like I've seen like hundreds of episodes of HR, but it's only 17 episodes or something, yeah. That's because each of those 17 episodes is just packed so full of stuff. It's, it's craziness, yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it in a very long time. I imagine there's got to be some on YouTube. I might it's, have to look it up. Oh, I've got them all on DVD, but it's a case of it's really low rent in regards to, you know, it's just a guy in a yeah. costume and it looks really shit, but it's fun, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, two points to Dave Abbott-Smith. Mm, our man, Dave. He has not had any points this season yet, so well done, really? Dave. Well, he's got two now. Mm, he sure has. For reefer dadness. Oh, very good. I like it. Well done, Dave Evan Smith. Now, three points for quality and quantity. Go to Steve Julia Roberts. Three points to Steve. Well, he's climbed up to second position. What has he got for us? Oh, dig all these. Uh, he gave us, because I got hired, 
H I R E D. Murder on the Pineapple Express. Oh, well done. That's good on two ways because it's Murder yeah. of Crows and Pineapple Express. Uh, but the one that uh, really sort of took him over the line was Fish with the PH and Spliffs. Yeah, he really he really wanted that three points this week, didn't he? <laughs> There were there was there were other people in the running, of course, but really it was uh, Steve. Insert nickname here, Roberts. We can't go with Julia Roberts for you, Steve. We'll, we'll come up with something else. But uh, hopefully, three points acts as suitable compensation for no nickname at this time. So just run through his three once more. The three that he delivered. Uh, because I got hired is a play on. Because I got hired. Afro man. Afro man. Uh, murder on the Pineapple Express. And Fish and Spliffs. Funny thing about the Afro Man song was I remember I bought the single as a kid. <laughs> and mum, she was like, yeah, you know, because it got high, whatever. But she only ever heard the radio edit. But I remember the single, oh. like track two was the uncut edit. Oh. I remember I put that on. And when he goes, I was going to eat your pussy, pussy too. too. And mum was like, mum looked at me. And I looked at mum. And it was just <laughs> a mutual agreement of, that's the end of that chapter. <laughs> uh, no words were spoken. It was just a look of, yeah, all right, no worries. It's gone. Okay. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> I get you. <laughs> all righty. That is the Guy Davis New Name Championship. Let's head over to the Twitter and the Instagram pages to find some new names contributed by the folks, the lovely folks over on there. Don't forget, guys, follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod and at Four Finger Discount, respectively. Okay, let's head over to the Instagram page first. So, at that fella, Dave says, Marjuana. I like it. Good wordplay. At Michael underscore Lombardi underscore Art says, High times at Springfield High. Big fan. Okay, uh, at Mike, me and Graham. Annoyed grunt PE. So, dope. Enjoy the wordplay there. So, well played, Mike. All right, let's pick a couple more here. What have we got? At 42 Black. Always, th- always comes through with the goods at 42 Black. Got Blunt Force Drama. Snore 20 and Joint Pain. Very good. Uh, R.Alexander95 also with the Marjuana reference there. And we'll pick one more. Springfield Faces says the Doby Brother. Very good. Thank you so much, guys, for contributing there on the Instagram page. Let's head over onto the Twitter page now at Four Finger Pod. Make sure you follow us. Matthew Hamilton here at Matt Ham Jam says, like a puffet on a string. We've got at Andrew NLSC says one fish, two spliffs, dead boss, blue pants. Mike Salter at Shinpan Salter. Homer the dope head. Very good. I like it. <laughs> I always enjoy the, the use of dough. Ooh, here we go. Michael Houston at Mick underscore DeMarco says Pine Otto Express, Eyes Wide Blunt, and Marijuana Be Sedated. So, mar- how would you say it? So, I want to be so. Marijuana be sedated. Very good. I like it. A big Ramones fan here. So well played, Michael Houston. And finally here from Cat Piano Guy at Cat Piano Classic. Don't fear the reefer. Somewhere that's green, burns in the midnight oil. So you guys are absolute legends for sending those through. Thank you so much. And why don't we head over into the Facebook page now as well? Because I decided, you know what? We've got 250,000 followers on Facebook. I may as well ask those guys for some new names as well. So we've got on there... Oh, here we go. This guy's already got 34 likes as I I record this. Nicholas Driver, you champion. Weekend at Kearnsey's. It's Kearns, stupid. Very good stuff, Nicholas. Very, very good stuff. That's worthy of the three points on the championship board, if you ask me. Let's pick a couple more here before we move on to the mailbag. 
Don't mind this one here from Julian Hansen. He says, or they say, Stark Toking Dad. A bit of a reference there to Stark Raving Dad, the episode that apparently no longer exists. If you ask the mouse, the house of mouse. All right. And finally, let's do one more. Oh, Craig Sewer. I like this one. Craig. Do on the water. Oh, and he also contributes this one. Talk on the water. Very good. Well done, Craig. All right, guys. Thank you so much for contributing those new names. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Four Finger Discount, at Four Finger Pod on Twitter. And if you haven't liked us on Facebook yet, what are you doing? Like us on Facebook as well, Four Finger Discount. But for now, I think it's time we get into the mailbag. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh! All right, so first question here is from our resident groundskeeper over there in Chicago. Chicago. How, do you, how do you say Chicago in a Chicago accent? There is a distinct one, and... I did not do it. I don't know. I was just throwing you, fucking... You just did sort of Boston, New Hampshire kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chicago is very distinct. Watch The Fugitive. The Fugitive okay. is, is set in Chicago, and I think it's got a lot of very distinct Chicago accents mm-hmm. in there. Alrighty. Excuse me. Sorry. Um but yeah, for the life of me, I can't. I couldn't do it off the top of my head. But uh, tell who is our resident uh, Chicago groundskeeper? Uh, Noah Daniel. Uh, his question. Oh, I've already answered this. I think he says, "What is your must-have snack if you were to participate in this activity?" Like, well, I, like I, you didn't really. You said that you usually get. I don't think. I don't think you actually specified a food. You just said takeaways. So, what do you yeah, actually get a little, like? get a little grub in food? or whip something up? I will either make my trademark uh, lemon chicken risotto. You love your um, risotto. I do. It's my signature dish, and I'm very good at making it. So I'll make a big batch of that or just deliver in some Maccas because honestly, look, I've tried various uh, fast foods under the influence and it's got to be down with a clown, got to be down with Ronald. He's, uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that McDonald's HQ, they have actually hired some stoners to come in. It's like, okay, what is this burger missing? And they'll you know, take a bite of a quarter pound. Mm, that's, that's not bad, man. Mm. A little, little light on the sauce, you know. Maybe a little more sauce. You, know. you, you could probably lose that pickle. Is this how you talk when you're high? <laughs> Very much so, man. <laughs> I'm like a, I'm like a stone Donald Trump. This is the best weed, best weed I've ever smoked. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I, do, I don't know how I talk when I'm stoned. I should probably, I should probably film myself sometime. Put it yeah, up online for it. the, um, put it up online for the friends. Yeah, but, for uh, the so Mickey D's and chi- and risotto, home ro- homemade risotto or Mickey D's. I think I would have to be high to eat Mickey D's. I haven't eaten it in like a decade. You're a KFC man. We know it. Yeah, even hot, that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm hot rods a- are back, Dando. Pizza and souvlaki. What would you say? Sorry. Hot rods are back. They at, are at, definitely at back. Yes, they certainly are back. All right. Next question <laughs> comes from Nora Coca Kosha. Coca. We decided what she could. Coca. What is your favorite? Coca, what is your favorite animal collective noun? A murder of crows is good, but she's also partial to a business of ferrets. I like gaggle of geese. Gaggle of geese is very good. I've recently discovered that a group of cats is called a clowder. Clowder? Like, like chowder, yes, but with a right. <laughs> <laughs> Say it right, French air. It's chowder. Say it right, and in this case, And in this case, it's clowder. <laughs> yeah. C-L-O-W-D-E-R. A clowder of cats. Founder of cats. Yeah, that's crazy because it's one of those things where you just assume you would know what a group of cats would be called. But then it comes to it and you go, wait a minute. I don't. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you would just, you'd normally just say, I don't know, it's a, it's a lot of cats. It's a, a group, group of cats. A group of cats. What, what's dogs? Do, does dogs have a title? 
That's a very good question, and I don't know off the top of my head. We could Google I'll it, Google it whilst you can. Which I mean, you Google it. Yes. Group of dogs is called is called a pack, of course. <laughs> wow. <laughs> a pack of dogs. There you go. Or a mute or a kennel, apparently. A, a mute? Yeah. As in a, can't speak? Yeah, M-U-T-E, mute. That's what it says wow. here. Wow. But I pa- like pack, pack is common. Pack is pretty common, but mute yes. is good. All righty. Uh, Steve Roberts says, when was the last time you smoked the devil's lettuce? I mean, never, but you. Uh, about a week ago, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Hit me up. <laughs> Hook a brother up with an eighth. No, no. Yeah, about a week ago, Steve. <laughs> last question here comes from Andrew Palicati. If you were tasked yeah. with making a modern stoner comedy, who would you cast? Who would direct? What would the basic plot be? And what would the soundtrack be? Jeez, that's a lot of questions. <laughs> holy, holy moly, you and Palicati. Whoa, 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 whoa. One question at a time. One question at a time. Yes, you. <laughs> yes, you, Andrew Pellicati. <laughs> um, Modern Stone. I, I, see, I don't know. You go away. You go first. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I've lost all track of time, and it feels to me like Pineapple Express was just released like three weeks ago. Wasn't it 2007? Fact, it was like 2008 or something. Hmm. So uh, clearly I've lost <laughs> all track of time. Honestly, I'm not sure. That's a really good question. I'm going to have to think about it a bit more, and I'll probably write something down in the um, on the Facebook page at a later date. I, w- I will say, however, that uh, speaking of Pineapple Express, I do like how Seth Rogen um, has, who sort of made his name as a bit of a, uh, yeah, bit of a pothead star, has kind of reinvented himself as this very chill weed magnate. He's actually created like a line. I don't, I don't know if he's got his own line of marijuana that he deals in in in. Uh, parts of America that are where it's actually legal, but he also has a lot of accessories like you know cool ashtrays and lighters and all that kind of stuff. And also he does a lot of his own pottery. I mean, I follow him on on Twitter, and he's, he'll occasionally put up, "Hey, I made these pots today." You know, he he actually broke out the pottery wheel and and you know made like a vase or something along those lines. Like, wow, Seth, that's really cool. <laughs> um, you know, and he's just written a book and all this kind of stuff. So, well, who was the other person you said recently? Oh, it was Jim Belushi. That's right. Yeah, I think a lot of people are, you know, getting out of the acting business and getting into the weed business. Seems to be where the uh, where the action is. Andrew, look, I'm very sorry. I can't come up with um, the great next weed comedy off the top of my head, but let me give it some time and some thought. When was the last good one? I mean, I've never seen Pineapple Express, but when was the last? When I say stoner comedy, I mean one where they go on somewhat of an adventure, like Harold and Kumar White Castle, or I think that was- Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, that kind of thing. I'm le- I'm inclined to think that um, Pineapple Express was probably the last one. I mean, it sort of has maybe gone to TV a bit more. There was a, uh, a show called High Maintenance that I've only ever caught a little bit of, which was about like a weed delivery guy in New York that was apparently quite good. Broad City? Is that a show that's got the two stoner chicks? Broad City had a bit of weed in it. Yeah. And Atlanta, the Donald Glover show, mm. definitely had a... Um, Kind of a stoned vibe to it as well. Donna Glover could pull off a stoner comedy film, I think. I believe so, yeah, yeah. They could go down the route of, because all we're thinking of is men. Why, not, why couldn't it be two female leads? That is true. A really good stoner movie, actually, is called Smiley Face, mm-hmm. and it stars um, Anna Ferris or Anna Faris. Oh, yeah. The one that always plays the dumb girl talking like this. This. I interviewed her a few years ago and she was a delight. She was. Okay, uh, yeah. She seems nice, but she just plays the same role in everything. She was. She 
steered into the ditz for a while, but she's in this uh, in this movie called Smiley Face where she plays this aspiring actress who has the biggest audition of her life. Her career's kind of going nowhere, but she's got a potentially life-changing audition. But she eats like a huge batch of her roommate's hash cookies and she's just has all these stoned misadventures throughout the day. It sounds like an episode of the I Love Lucy show. <laughs> a little bit like that, but it's a very good showcase of Miss Farris. So well worth checking out if you can track it down. I believe it's on a couple of streaming services. I want a stoner film that has an, an older actor and a younger actor. Let's go Nicolas Cage as, as the older guy because I would love to see... I, I just want Nicolas Cage to come back, man. <laughs> He's one of those guys who I guess... I grew up with him because he was very big in the 90s. Absolutely. And he seems like he's really lost his way at the moment. But he's just picking and choosing films that he wants to do. I get that. But he just seems like he's... I don't, he's, he's not crazy, but he's just... I don't know. It's weird. I don't know he's actually picking and choosing a lot of stuff that he wants to do. I think that he owes the tax office a lot of money. Mm. And he was basically sort of taking any any work that he could get that would pay him a decent salary. And every once in a while... He will choose something that's a bit that showcases what he's actually capable of. I mean, he always gives a hundred percent, even in these terrible movies that have appeared like some awful action movies. Like, oh no, Nicolas Cage is actually bringing it. He's you know, there's imagination and uh, and thought and passion in the work here, but the movie itself is just a pos. But you know, he'll appear in something like um, like Mandy, Color Out of Space, or there's a great one called Joe that uh, that he's really really good in. And look, I imagine he'll find his way back eventually. But, you know, he's too good not to. But uh, oh, they'll, they'll reboot Con Air with a plane full of female convicts <laughs> in 2000 and whatever, eventually. Yeah. Yeah, and Nicolas Cage will be like the, um, you know, the warden or something. He'll be, you know? he'll be the John Cusack. <laughs> but anyway, enough about Nicolas Cage. Enough about Wicked at Burns. I hope you guys enjoyed our review. We went for a fucking long time this week. <laughs> Holy moly, I'm looking at the... <laughs> I'm looking at the counter. We're, we're racking up two hours here. We're coming Holy up close to two shit, hours. Holy man. Holy Christmas. All right. Well, I hope you guys oh. enjoyed listening to that. I mean, it's, good episodes deserve some good banter, you know? So, yes, or even, or even the kind of banter that we just gave you. Yes. <laughs> but the thing is, they come, they're not coming through all that often at the moment, the good episodes like this. So, when we do get one, yeah. we just fucking cling onto it as much as we can and just dissect it and have some that fun that we do yes so now I know we promised at the start we're going to do this Canadian treats should we hold off till next week I, I think we'd better man yeah <laughs> it's well past my bedtime <laughs> I don't think I want to be eating sugary treats at 10 o'clock at night so Canadian patrons who sent the stuff over as you tease for next week next week we will be going through these treats have no doubt about that also next week, on the next episode, we're going to be reviewing It's a Clip Show. So we're going to need a lot of filler. So there you go. There's your filler. It's going to be Canadian treats enjoyed by Guy and Dando. But next week is an episode called Gump Roast, which was the episode that gave us the You'll never stop the Simpsons. Have no fears. We've got stories for years. Yeah. It's... um, It's... I remember not being very good. So, but it is a, it's a clip show after all. So, clip shows are clip shows. There's not much you can... It's hard to review clip shows because they're just old clips. So, we'll see how we go. Next week is Gump Roast and we will eat some Canadian treats. But like Mr. Davis mentioned earlier, uh, the one about friends podcast is now available. If, you're, uh, if you enjoy yourself some friends, our South Park podcast is now available. Go down to South Park. You've got the yeah. first two episodes, the Welcome to episode and the Cartman Gets an Anal Probe. So, if you like South Park, check that out as well and subscribe. 
Talkie Seinfeld's also still out there. So we've got Seinfeld, Friends, South Park, and Simpsons. There are four babies at the moment. Don't forget, guys, to rate and review us in the iTunes store. It is one of the best ways to support the show besides being a patron. We really need as many five-star reviews and a few kind words as possible. We'd love to read all the reviews that come through. We have a new mailbag, by the way. So the new mailbag is now simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. If you have a question, it's simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. I apologize to people who have emailed and not get a reply because there's just been drama after drama with our website's mailbag. Uh, the mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. It's just not working. You couldn't sign in. It wasn't syncing. I gave up. It's just simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. Send in all your questions to there and we will make sure that we read out each and every one that gets sent through. So simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. Rate, review us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Next week is Gump Roast. Mr. Davis, any final words for the listeners? Oh, man, I can't believe we spaced on the running time of this episode. <laughs> Shh.